So how are you guys doing? You're like the brave ones, right? Coming out on Sunday night, the last week before spring break. Raise your hand if you have any kind of stress you're feeling tonight, like what's coming this week. Stress, there's a lot of it. So you guys should get like an award for being here tonight. So thank you for coming. We're really glad, glad that you're here. Um, I want you to think for a moment, if there's any, ever been a moment in your life when something absolutely crazy has happened, something weird, something amazing, something you can't believe, and you've had that feeling like, I can't wait to tell someone this. Has anyone ever had that happen? Raise your hand. Okay, cool. Um, on April 26, 2006, kind of a crazy, okay, I'm going to tell you a story about a time this happened to me, but I need to set, set it up with a little background, okay? So stay with me for a few minutes, and it's going to make sense. Um, April 26, 2006, I was a couple months away from moving to Israel, um, I was living in, I was not married to Ben yet, I was still single. I was living in kind of a community house with a friend of mine named Jen and a married couple named Scott and Cindy. Um, I was getting ready, like I said, to go to Israel. Um, Jen worked at Mars Hill and Scott and Cindy were pregnant and they were going to have a baby in August, which was really a bummer because I was leaving in June and my roommates were going to have this baby and I wasn't going to be there. It kind of stinks, you know. But anyway, so um, in, in April, I traveled to California to see a good friend of mine just to kind of say goodbye to her before I went to live on the other side of the world. And while I was there, I got a phone call from home, from my parents. And um, on April 26, 2006, my youth pastor from home, his daughter had been tragically killed in a car accident. She was a student at Taylor University. She was 19 years old. Her name was Whitney. And my parents called to tell me this. Okay, this is really big news. I grew up in a small town in Gaylord, and for our church and for our town, this is a really big deal. So this is really sad news that I got on this day um, in April. So fast forward five weeks later to May 31st. Okay, I was at work. I used to work for Young Life in the regional office. I was at my desk, and within one hour, I got two phone calls that day. One from my parents telling me that Whitney, who had died, there had been a huge funeral, they had buried her, Whitney was alive. And some of you guys might remember this. There was a, a case of mistaken identity. Whitney, on the left, actually had survived the crash and was being cared for by this family for five weeks who thought um, that it was their daughter, Laura. And actually, Laura was the one who had died in the accident. So can you just imagine when my, my parents called me and said, well, remember when we called you five weeks ago, Whitney was dead and all this stuff, and then they're like, she's not dead, she's alive. It's like unbelievable news. Can you even imagine, like, her family and the church and all the stuff they went through? It was crazy. So that's one phone call. The second phone call I got was from my roommate, Scott. Remember Scott and Cindy? They were pregnant. They were going to have a baby in August. Well, they called me that same day, about an hour later, to tell me that they'd had their baby three months early. All right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much crazy stuff in one hour. I have to call my friend Jen. I have to tell her this. This is crazy. You know that feeling when you just have to tell somebody? So I call Jen, and it rings, and it rings, and it rings, and it rings, and it rings. And they keep calling her. And about an hour later, I went to the hospital down to Spectrum to go see this baby, this brand new baby that was three months early, hooked up to all the tubes in the little incubator. And he was there for a couple months, actually. So I go see this baby. I keep trying to call Jen. I'm like, she's got to know this stuff. She actually knew Whitney as well. 
And obviously, she'd want to know that our roommates had this baby, right? Could not get a hold of her. I go home. I'm watching the news, which is just like blown up with this story. Do any of you guys remember that? The mistaken identity thing, right? So, um, and I'm waiting and waiting for her to get home. Finally, at about 9 o'clock, she walks in the door. And I'm like, girl, you better sit down. (laughs) You picked the wrong day to leave your cell phone at home, right? Just that feeling of like, I can't wait to tell her this. And I couldn't do it because she wasn't available. But do you know that feeling? We just want to tell someone something. Well, we're going to look at a story tonight about a couple people who followed Jesus. And because they followed Jesus, they saw some amazing things. So amazing that they couldn't wait to tell people. Okay, so think with me for a minute. This is going to be a little participation, okay? Think with me for a minute. What are some things that the disciples, the people who followed Jesus around for three years, give me some examples. What did they see? Just raise your hand and say it loud. What did they see? Yeah. People raised from the dead. That's a pretty big deal. Kelly. Jesus walking on water, right? Just a normal day. Saw this guy walk on water. What else did they see? Come on, other examples. What did they see? The blind man went from being blind to seeing. That's a crazy big deal. Is that what you were going to say? Oh, you stole, you stole Katie's. That's okay. She's okay. <laughs> yeah, Janelle. Right. Jesus took five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 people. Okay? These guys who followed Jesus saw amazing, incredible, miraculous things, and they couldn't wait to tell someone. So, if you guys have a Bible, would you turn to Acts chapter 4? And does anyone not have a Bible? Because we'd love to give you one. Who needs one? If you need one, raise your hand, and they're going to bring you one. In the meantime, turn to Acts chapter 4. Now, before we talk about Acts 4, I want to tell you a little bit what happened in Acts 3. Okay, right before this chapter we're going to look at. The disciples, Peter and John, are on their way into the temple. Okay, Jesus has been crucified. They've seen Jesus raised from the dead. Another unbelievable miracle, right? And as they're coming into the temple, there's a beggar at the temple, and he's asking for money. But this beggar was crippled. And so Peter and John look at him and say, we don't have money to give you, but what we give you, we give you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. So this guy gets up and starts walking, and he's healed. Another absolutely unbelievable miracle that these guys witnessed. So if you would turn to um, Acts 4, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Here's what happened, because once this miracle happened, Peter and John had to tell people about Jesus and all the amazing things they had seen. They had this audience they noticed. And they wanted to tell people. So follow along with me. Um, chapter 4, verses one, verse 1 through 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Okay, so Peter and John had seen all kinds of miracles. They witness another one. They start proclaiming who Jesus is. And what happens? The religious leaders get kind of upset and they arrest them. Okay, and this is kind of how we, how we find them. The next day, if you look down to verse 9, 
Um, they begin to question them, and Peter says this, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he keeps on going and proclaiming Jesus. He can't help it. He's seen amazing things. He can't wait to talk about Jesus. Turn down to verse 13. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read kind of a longer section. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay careful attention. Because when we're done, I'm going to ask you, what are some phrases that stick out at you? There's two of them that I'm looking for that we want to talk about tonight. Just what are some phrases that stick out? So follow along, starting with verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened, for the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. So, tell me what you heard in there. Be brave. What phrases stuck out to you? Anything? Yeah, Kelly. Um, they, were they were unschooled and ordinary men. Isn't that awesome? They weren't like pastors or theologians or people who had been trained for years in books and scholarly logic, right? They were unschooled, ordinary men who had just been with Jesus. It's pretty cool. What else stands out? Yeah. Sure, they couldn't deny the miracle that they had seen before them. Absolutely. What else? Anything else? For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Isn't that awesome? Like, sorry, you're telling us not to speak about Jesus, but we can't help it. It's just coming out of us because we can't wait to tell people what we've seen and what we've heard. So this makes me think, what in my life am I talking about? What is it that just oozes out of me that I can't wait to tell people? Maybe ask that question of yourself for a second. What are you so excited about that you can't wait to say? What are those things that you can't wait to tell people? So what I want to do to answer this question is talk about two little ideas and then we're going to practice a few things tonight. So one way we know what's important to us, right, is this. True? Raise your hand if you think it's true. Kind of true. Yeah, okay. So we're all using Facebook. Something happens throughout our day. We all do this, right? We think in Facebook statuses, right? Something happens, and you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to put in my status update, right? Um, did you know that there are 60 million status updates a day? 60 million. Because we can't wait to tell the world what's happening. 
right? But the things we're posting on Facebook are like, what well, we want the world to know what we ate for breakfast, right? We're really excited about that. And that's what we're posting on Facebook. Do you guys realize what kind of platform you have to share the amazing things that you have seen and heard with the people around you on Facebook? Like, it sounds crazy, but it's true, right? Everybody knows, like, which prof you don't like or what you're listening to on Spotify or what your mom thinks you're doing at college, right? Everybody knows that stuff. But are you posting things that declare the glories of God that you've seen in your life? Just a question. The other thought about this, just a side note, is I'm not sure we tell people face-to-face anything boldly anymore. Mostly we type it or we text it, right? But are you actually telling people the things that God is doing in your life, the things that you have seen and heard? Just a question. There's another way that we kind of find out what's important, and this is kind of interesting. Think about this for a second. The things we talk about often create our reality. Let me say it a different way. The things we talk about or the things that get airtime or the things that get media time, right, on the news, then become things we talk about and they become important. Let me show you an example. <laughs> this will be funny. Okay, who is this? Anybody know? Wait, in Houston. Okay, honestly, one month ago, raise your hand if you actually thought about, listened to, saw a picture of, read about, anything about Whitney Houston a month ago. Raise your hand. Anybody? Okay, it's cool. If there's a few fans, that's good. (laughs) But on the whole, she is not on our radar a month ago, right? Okay, how many of you in the last two weeks have seen a picture, heard a song, watched a video, read about the funeral, watched the funeral, anything? Raise your hand. Something with Whitney Houston. Okay, isn't that amazing? She was not on our radar at all, unless we're a fan. Sorry, okay? And then all of a sudden, she gets airtime and media time, and we start talking about it, and it becomes something we have to read about and something we have to talk about. I want to say to you that it's possible that the people around you in your life right now don't have Jesus on their radar at all. They don't have God on their radar. What would happen if we started talking about him? If we started speaking boldly the things that we have seen and heard, and it got some airtime, and all of a sudden it might be on the radar of the world we're living in. Just another challenge. Tonight what we want to do is we want to give you a chance to practice this. And we're going to have a night of story. I'm kind of done talking. (laughs) You're like, yes. Okay, so really what I want to do from here is I want you guys to talk. We're going to practice in this room saying the things that we've seen and heard. Because you know what? Here's the thing. If we can't say the things we've, we've seen and heard to each other here in this room, it's not going to be easy when we leave this room. Right? So here's what I mean. Some of you are sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I have all these things that come to mind. Big, amazing things that God has done in my life that I could definitely talk about. And some of you guys are sitting here going, you know what? Man, I don't know where God is right now. I don't know that I have a story to tell. I want to give you some examples, some ideas that might get your brain thinking of the stories that you might have to tell. Okay, so 
Here are some categories. Okay, so just think through these for one second. Maybe you have a big miracle story. Like the day Ben and I were sitting in our dining room table studying, and we heard this big, huge crash, and this 40-foot pine tree fell down in our backyard right between our cars and our house and damaged nothing. That's a really cool story of God's protection. Okay, that's an example of a big story. Maybe you have something big that happened to you. A provision story, some time that God has provided for you. One time Ben and I were in Jerusalem, we were out of money, and we had a whole house full of people over um, that night, a bunch of students hanging out. They left, we go to bed, pull back the covers, and there's all this cash under our sheets. <laughs> Someone had been sneaky that night and been led by God to provide with us some money that we needed really badly. How has God provided for you? Okay? A recognition story. A couple years ago, I was having a really bad um, heart murmur problem. Like, my heart wasn't working right, and it was really frightening, really, really scary um, for a long time, like several months, actually. And you know what? All day today, my heart was normal. My heart was beating normal. That is a miracle of God. If you're breathing today, that is a miracle. Are you recognizing the things that God's doing that you could talk about? An encouragement story. Have you had a hard day and God has sent a friend to care for you? Or maybe something in his word to cheer you on and encourage you? That's a story to tell. Have you prayed and had God answer a prayer that you could tell someone about? And the last one's really cool. Has God done something really new and cool in your heart, in your life? Has he changed you in some way that you should proclaim and shout from the rooftops and tell what God has done? Or have you seen that kind of life change in someone else's life? You're like, wow, I saw God do this really cool thing in my friend. I got to tell you about this because there's power in that. What we're going to do now is we're going we're to do a couple different things. What I want you to do is you think through these categories is how could I tell the stories I think of with Jesus being the one that gets the glory? The people that encouraged you or cheered you on or did something cool for you are really cool and they get some credit, but how can I tell this story so that God's proclaimed? And I can't help but speak and, and tell people of what I've seen and heard. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to practice. Okay, we're doing this in steps. First, we write things down that help bring things to mind. Right? Are you guys finding things to write down? Shake your head if you are. Thinking of things. Okay, awesome. Here's what I want you to do. Turn to two other people. Or to, so there's three of you or two, depending on where you're sitting. What's ever comfortable for you. And just start sharing stories. Okay? But don't take a long time. Do them in like a minute or less so that the other people can share a story. All right? And see how many you can get in. I'm going to give you about five minutes. All right? So go ahead and do that. Turn to your groups and just start sharing your stories. Some of you guys, let me read this text to you from Jeremiah. This is so cool. Jeremiah the prophet says this in the Old Testament. But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. If you're like, I have a story that I have got to tell these people tonight. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to come stand here right? And you don't all have to do it. I'm not going to wait till everybody gets through the mic, right? But 
Do you have something that's just like a fire, just burning in your heart? Man, you got to tell the people. And your heart's racing right now because you know God's kind of nudging you, like you should, be, you should be talking, right? So we would just want to invite you to the microphone. And I'm going to move over. And we're just going to wait a minute and see if anybody comes. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay. But we want to give you a chance to speak in this room boldly of the things you've seen and heard. So who could be brave and come and join me? I'll even stand here. You won't be all by yourself. Yeah, come on. Give her a hand. She's the first one. Yeah. Let me just make sure your mic's on. You're good. Here you go. All right. Stand kind of close. There you go. My name is Katie, and I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, and I'm a freshman. Um, Something that happened to me that is a life change story, actually. Um, So I was looking at my housing. I got my roommate. She's right over there, Danielle. (laughs) she's sweet um so you know I added her on Facebook and I'm creeping on her you know I mean we all do it and I'm looking at her picture she has all these pictures of like her at youth group her at like church her at camp her loving God and I'm just like are you kidding me like I'm gonna have this crazy like Bible thumping like girl who's gonna drag me to all these weirdo things and I'm just I don't even know what's gonna happen So I get here, and she does drag me to everything. And the first campus praise rally, I'm sitting there like, all right, like, you know, yeah, I don't know any of these songs, you know. And after, like, the first, like, few services and, like, the second, third praise rally, it's like, God just was like, it's your turn. So I don't know. That's really it. Um, And then for my birthday, Danielle got me a Bible, and... Let's see, my boyfriend is Catholic, and now we can share God together. So it's a huge life change, so, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for being brave. It's awesome. Who else has something? They're just like, I got to tell. Yeah, come on down. Don't wait. If there's someone else that wants to come, come on. We can have, like, a waiting line, even. It would be awesome. And and here's the thing. I just want to encourage you. Like, that was perfect. We want, it, we want you to proclaim it, and if you can do it in two minutes or less, we get to hear more stories, right? So that's really good. So go ahead. Yeah, my name's Remington, and uh, I went down. <laughs> and I went down to uh, Georgia this summer for an intern. I went down to Georgia for an uh, internship with an advertising agency, and I really actually didn't want to do it. I was only going so that I could get an internship with the film office down in Georgia, which is pretty hot right now, and I'm a film major. I guess that'd be why I went. (laughs) But anyways, as I was shadowing these meetings, uh, an opportunity jumped out, and I took it, and I ended up hating the, I got the, uh, the film office internship, but I didn't like it, but I loved the ad internship even though I previously didn't want to be an ad agency at all. And now I'm doing spots for like uh, Coca-Cola and Chick-fil-A through the ad agency. But while I was there, I made friends with an art designer there. And now we're doing Christian ministry work long distance through media. So to me, that was, it was kind of, you know, it flipped me the other direction. So... Come on up. This is so awesome. Yeah. You can race. No, it's fine. <laughs> All right, so my name is Haley, and um, I've been a Christian for about a year now, and the only Christians in my family are my um, grandma and grandpa, and 
sorry. <laughs> um, okay. January 14th was my birthday, and I was like, God, I'm like, let's go home for my birthday. So we just like went home, and um, we surprised my grandparents at church, and my grandpa had no idea that like I was a Christian, so I was like, Grandpa, I just went to this con uh, conference called The Passion. I told him all about it, and he was like so excited for me, and like just the pure joy in his eyes to see like my relationship with God and stuff. And he actually um, had a massive heart attack four days later, and he died, but my mom and dad aren't Christians, and it's something I've been praying about for a really long time, and as a result of all this, my parents have gone to church for the last five weeks in a row, and I'm, like, so excited about that because my mom, like, called, and she's like, yeah, like, me and your dad went today, and, like, we, like, have been having these conversations about God, and, like, it's so exciting because, like, something so great can come out of, like, you know, a death and something unexpected like that, so I'm so thankful for that. That's awesome. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, my name is Bryce, and I, about six years ago, I was at Mass with my family, and I had a really bad seizure right in the middle of a sermon, and after that, I lost a lot of faith, and I fell out of just my beliefs and had a hard time finding my way back, I suppose, and I, didn't, I haven't been to church. This is my first service in six years that I've ever been to, and I had a great conversation with one of my good friends. Um, Jake, and he had convinced me um, to come tonight, and I'm really glad I did, and I feel I, I'm just kind of confused and questioning things and finding my way back, and I just feel after six years coming back, it's just, it's a big thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Hello, I'm Britt. Um, I guess I have a combined one of miracle, uh, encouragement, and prayer. Um, I deal with severe anxiety and depression, and so it's kind of a miracle that I'm standing right here right now. Um, also, last semester was a mess for me. Um, my girl Sarah on the back can uh, uh, be with me on this, that the art program is not an easy program to be in, uh, which is why I'm no longer in it, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, Last semester, I barely made it uh, with the depression and anxiety. Like, that takes a lot out of you. And it was hard enough to make it through a regular semester now where I'm only taking three classes. But uh, last semester, didn't think I was going to make it to the end. Um, There's a lot of questions if I would have made it to the end. And um, through a lot of prayer, uh, which I've been um, looking into more, I made it. And the last week of the semester, or the week before, was the hardest week of my life. Uh, didn't think I was going to make it through at all. Had a lot to finish, um, and I'm, I'm kind of perfectionist, so when it comes to art, uh, I didn't want it to just be done. I wanted it to be um, good, so I had to deal with that. I had to deal with a lot of other stuff, but um, just by praying a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, God made it possible for me to make it through, um, and so I don't know. I'm just really glad I'm standing here right now. So. Anyone else? Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right, I'm Noelle, and I have a life-changing story. Um, last semester, um, I've, well, I've been raised as a Christian by my parents, and I've always been a believer, but I really haven't been feeling like the spiritual empowerment that I felt like Christians should be feeling, and um, 
I was just hanging around with, you know, people that weren't Christians, and they weren't really leading me in the right direction, but um, came here to Grand Valley, and I met Katie and Danielle and a bunch of other wonderful people on my floor, and then, you know, we found out we're all Christians, and it was just awesome and everything, and I've been coming to campus ministry, and still didn't really have that click with Christ, and then last, or this past January, um, I went to my first campus praise rally with these girls, and it was just life-changing and we just felt so awesome and it was just like the most spiritually empowerment thing that I have ever experienced and then after the praise rally we were just talking about like how awesome it was and we were just singing and walking back to our dorms and we were like you know what why wouldn't it why shouldn't we just go back and like talk about God for like 10 minutes and just worship him because we didn't want the night to end because it was so spectacular and we got back and it was like probably like five of us on our floor and then we were just like in my room for like probably almost an hour just talking about God and just reading like Jesus Calling and praying and it was the most awesome thing ever and we we're like you know what let's do this again tomorrow night so we did it again and then we're like let's do it the next night and the next night and the next night so for the past two months we've been doing Jesus night and we've been spreading the word of God to other people and since then there's been at least two other dorms or two other small groups that have formed because we kind of like started this thing and we're just continuing to spread the word of God and trying to look into all kind of like Jesus projects that we can do to spread his word. So yeah. Awesome. We have time for like one more. Is there one more? Anyone that wants to share? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Her foot's asleep if you didn't hear that. All right. Sorry, I'm always like super weird too. I'm like amening and like clapping like preliminary before everybody else. But uh, hey, I'm Danielle. Kate's my roommate. Noel's my neighbor. And I actually have like, they, we all as a group have really like changed our faith. It's been super miraculous. But there was one night where, I don't know, I guess I always believed that God would kind of answer my prayers, but I never really thought he would speak to me after all the kind of things I did. And I was like laying in bed having a really hard time just like calling out to him, calling out to him like, like, what if, you know, like, what, why do these people ever want to be, like, they're going to leave me, they're not going to want to hang out with me, blah, 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 so dumb. And God just said, when have I ever, like, not wanted you? You know, we kind of tend to, like, hang out with people, we want people to accept us, but no matter what, like, God is always, like, number one, always calls us back, always wants us back, has never left us has never not answered our text messages or calls. <laughs> so I don't know, something cool to think about, my foot's still asleep. All right, that's awesome. For those of you who shared tonight, thank you so much for being brave. Aren't you guys glad they shared? This is so awesome. So Peter and John proclaimed what they had seen and heard just like you guys kind of practiced tonight. Think with me for just a moment about the impact of this. Let's go back a step before that. They saw Jesus raised from the dead, right? Mary and Mary went to the tomb, and it was empty. And what did Mary and Mary do? They ran back to tell the disciples, right? And then Peter and John run to the tomb, and they see it. And now we see in our story, and over and over again, Peter specifically is just proclaiming over and over what he's seen and heard because he can't help it, right? A few chapters later, Stephen, someone who heard from them, 
starts to proclaim the wonders of God while he's being killed with stones, right? He's proclaiming. Who's watching that happen? Anybody know? Paul, Saul at the time, and then Paul. The rest of Acts, there's all kinds of places where Paul then goes and tells his story when he encounters Jesus, and Jesus changes him. He was Saul, going in one direction, persecuting the people of God. And he met Jesus, and he turned around, and he went in a different direction. And then he had to proclaim to the world what he had seen and heard, what God had done in his life. You know what's really awesome about this? Because these guys did that, just like you guys did tonight, we're sitting here. Hundreds of years later, thousands of years later, we're sitting in this room talking about God because Peter and John couldn't help but speak of the things that they had seen and heard. So let me ask you, should we be saying this stuff? Should we be telling the world our stories? Not just to encourage each other, although that's a huge part of it, but I'm promising you there is power in your story. These guys were uneducated, simple men who had just seen God do stuff. And they started telling the world. No one can argue with your story. You have all kinds of stuff to share. So my encouragement with, for you tonight is to speak boldly. Maybe it means you've got to start posting boldly, <laughs> right? But speak of the things that you have seen and heard. Um, I'm going to invite you guys, if you guys want to come up. We're going we're gonna to sing a bit tonight. Is that Okay. We're going to kind of sing about this. We've been talking about it, and now we're going to sing about it. And what I want to do is just um, close with this text from Acts chapter 4. This is the very end of the section that we started with tonight. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them. And why? Why couldn't they find a way to punish them? Because all the people were praising God. Right? The result of you telling your story is that people will praise God. So we're going to sing about this and declare this in this place. So if you guys would stand up and we're going we're gonna to sing. <laughs>